Recording artist Sasha Ann just released her first original single, Scars, by Tasmania Records. Available to stream on all platforms, plus all of the remixes. Watch the music video on her YouTube channel at Sasha Ann. That's at Sasha A-N-N-E. Welcome back to Leave It on the Dance Floor. Thank you so very much for tuning in the first time to watch my very first podcast because we made the top 10 on uh, Apple. I think that's pretty mm-hmm. impressive, but you know that's me. That's amazing. You know me. I don't want to be in the top 10. I want to win. I want to be first. God forbid I'm second. I'll take third or first. All right. So all of you viewers out there, that watched the first podcast. If you enjoyed it, get everybody you know to watch this podcast, the very second one, okay? Welcome my guest today, none other than my arch rival enemy, Kathy from Candy Apples. Not at all. What, no arch rival? No, we're not arch enemies, but I do find it interesting that you made the top 10 on Apple. I know. I saw the Apple too. And I was like, oh, why did they name that company that? Yeah. <laughs> I don't get it. They copied you, obviously, right? Oh, yes, they did. They, they did. couldn't use the candy part because you had that trademark. So That's right. That's the right. I'd stick with that story, definitely. Okay. <laughs> so, Kathy, so everyone, welcome, Kathy. Let's give her a big round of applause. Thank you for being here today. I see your backdrop is that lovely picture of your daughter, Vivian. Do you want to tell the entire world that Vivi just graduated from high school? Yes, Vivi just graduated in, uh, I think it was the third week in May. Big, huge graduation party last night. Um, Which I was not invited to. Oh my God. Well, oh, you didn't get your invitation? Melissa called me and told me she was coming. There you go. She, she couldn't have us both. She you couldn't have us both because I would have, um, yeah, would have been bad. Well, anyhow, there were so many people. I was stressing all day because- Was it in your even, home or was it at home? No, we, we have a beautiful backyard. So we had big tents with lighting and, you know, those tents that have like the cathedral yes, windows. Yes. And yes. then we had tents for the food and people were up on the deck and all over the place. So it was really nice in and out of my she shed. So we, we had it at home, but there one point my seamstress tried to come down the street to stop and she went home and said to her husband, I, there was no parking. I couldn't get in. There were too many. Uh, people. So, so ballet parkers. she had a very ballet. good night. Ballet parkers to take the cars somewhere else. You know, we should have ballet. That's right. We could have dumped them in the the street behind us. I just didn't think of that. Well, out here they do that a lot at house parties. You know, because the neighbors would be calling the police about the street being blocked up. You know, they're crazy. Mm-hmm. However, uh, now Vivian, you know, I want to just talk about the graduation party for a second. So I didn't have a graduation party. First of all, I think my mom and dad were a little nervous that I'd even graduate. Second of all, because you miss so many days, like in Pittsburgh, if you miss more than 30 days, you're out, but you can miss more, like, how do I explain this? If you miss first period more than 30 times, mm-hmm. 
you're done. So I was kind of on the come late, leave early program. It's cool. Well, I have to tell you that this is kind of funny. Now, you know, because I've always broadcasted it, Vivi went to private school all through grade school, then three years of a private school. This year, she went to a public school, which oh. was huge, a big, big school. And she was in what was called JSA, which was the school's called Jackson, Jackson's Performing Arts School. So the kids graduate with a diploma that says that they're part of the performing arts school, um, art, theater, dance. So she took a dance class every day. But with a private school, if she goes to the orthodontist or she goes to the doctor or she wants a mental health day or she wants to take the day off to get Taylor Swift tickets, I say, go ahead. I didn't realize what you just said. So I'm not, you know, the doctor will say, do you need a slip to get back in? No. What do I need a slip for? They never ask. I get a letter three weeks before graduation that not that she's not going to graduate because that wouldn't have been the case, but that she had X amount of hours missing. She couldn't miss any. And I was like, I said to Mike, what am I supposed to do with this? Here, wait. Oh, wait. That's probably before senior skip day and all that. It was. Were, and so she had to go to school it. on senior skip day and she was so upset, but she didn't go. She, she said to me, I am not going. I'm not going to be the only person in school and everybody else is skipping today. I'll just take my chances. So, well, I did the same thing and went to a big party on senior skip day, was headed to this big party and my car broke down <laughs> and I had to call my dad to come oh, get me God. I was so busted because I had already missed way too many days like that was the thing yeah so I'm glad that she changed sorry from a private school to public school though did she, we, loved did she, it. she did yeah she did it was uh it was a good move I think for preparing her to move on to college because every private school that she's went to has been very small classes so I mean this was like she would say lunchtime or walking through the halls there was just a bombardment of people coming out and she'd push her way through and but she, yeah, loved yeah. she loved it I think going to private school there was a time when I wanted to go to private school and my mom and dad you have to deal with people from all walks of life and all every color every religion every everything you you mm -hmm. that's life that's the world that you live in if you're going to work and be successful if you're in this little program now we have a lot of people now like Asmarat and a lot of people in Pittsburgh, they, they go to private Shishi school their whole lives. Then around, I think, 10th, 11th grade, they transfer to public school because they want that big, nice college scholarship. Yeah. And they're not going to give it to kids from private school because right. you can afford to pay. Exactly. The kid from public school. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I talked to somebody once too, a, a teacher, uh, Mrs. Arnold, her daughter, Kaylee, danced for me. And she's an orthopedic surgeon, actually. And Kaylee, uh, she said, if you can afford for your child to go to private school, like kindergarten, first and second grade, because they learn things different than the public school curriculum. Yep. And they learn how to study and what to study mm -hmm. and how to ace the exams, not just their That's numbers great. and their colors and their math and their letters. Right. So anyway, moving on, what is Vivi going to do next? Well, she got accepted to so many colleges. She got accepted to Point Park. 
She got accepted to also Otterbein. Known as, also known as Pointless Park, but we'll let that go. Go ahead. Well, she got accepted to Otterbein, Cincinnati, um, someplace in New York, a place called Alfred, someplace in Washington, D.C. Um, and then she got accepted to Akron, which is just up the road from us. And that's my husband's alma mater. And she also got accepted to Cleveland State. So, you know, signing came and went. The week where people sign, oh yeah, came and went. And um, one day she was sitting in the chair and she burst into tears. Because I, I said to Mike, I'm not going to push her. Whatever she wants to do, it's up to her. I'm not going to get on her. But we need to figure out what we're doing about college. You and I, Mike, we got to figure it out. So she burst into tears. I don't know what I want to do. All I want to do is dance. All I want to do is dance. And I said, well, honey, we'll figure it out. Just calm down, take a breath. Let's not worry about it today. About three days later, we were in the car and you she told said- me that she's going to Point Park and that you could have bought my building and had, it, <laughs> and had, it, had another studio? Yeah, I didn't want her to go to Point Park. Um, anyhow, so she, um, she said to me in the car, you know, I'm going to go to college, mom, because I, I, will not, I won't know if I like it if I don't try. And I said, I think that's wise. Now, where do you want to go? And she said- well, we have a family at the studio who their son just graduated from a degree in film. He went to Cleveland State. And she said, I'm really interested in film. And I said, you're not moving to LA. Uh, but, you know, it's okay. You can be interested in film. And she said, I really think I want to go to, I want to go to Cleveland State and I want to major in film and I want to minor in dance. So she committed and then found out that the performance team, like Cleveland State is right near the theater district in Cleveland. Okay. And, and the performance team of dance performs at the theater there. That's um, public, public square or something. I forget what it is. Anyhow, I said to her, get on. Don't overlook this because she missed the auditions. You get on and you tell them that you want a, a, an audition. So she emailed the lady and the lady said, well, you did miss them. Um, you know, let me think about how I want to handle this. I've got some workshops up here that I'd like for you to come to. Um, then about 15 minutes later, she wrote Vivi back and said, uh, let's have a Zoom meeting on Tuesday at 12.15. And so Vivi and her talked and Vivi told her everything that she's done in her life. And the lady said, I don't think you're going to have any problem in being in our performance team. We'll look at you the first week of classes, but I don't think that you'll have any problem. And Vivi said, well, can I request something? Can I please take the highest level of tap? And the lady went, oh, absolutely, darling. So I don't know if, you know, maybe the lady researched her, what, you know, went on. Well, maybe she heard that she was on a TV show. I know. That's what I'm thinking. But, you know. And her, mother, and her mother owned a dance studio. Yes. Yes. So, so I was happy because she could have, the, the, the school she went to also had a dance team. And I kept saying to her, Vivi, go ask the teacher, because the teachers loved her. Go ask the teachers, go ask Miss Sarah if you can at least be an understudy. Yeah. The last week of school, they came to her and said, they were just chit-chatting. And Vivi said, I, you know, I really wanted to be on the dance team. And they were like, why didn't you ask? We would have put you on. And I was like, don't let this, don't let this happen in college. You get your butt on the computer. So she did. She's assertive. So well, she's excited to go to Cleveland State. And it's only out an hour away. 
I told her that I'll come up, I'll dress like her. We'll hang out at the bars together. And she was like, um, no, no mom. <laughs> but Kathy, even just for this generation, like so many people that I know, because I just finished my college years recently, everybody that goes too far away pretty much ends up coming back. So the fact that she's going to be not too far away might actually be better in the long run because then she won't feel so like stressed. Exactly. And, and Cleveland is an hour away Cleveland. from us. So, you know, I just don't understand these kids that go away to college where there's no department store. Like there's no <laughs> races or no mall. I'm like, wh where are you? Like wh you have to be where there's stuff. Like, well, I guess now uh, with yeah. the internet and Amazon and ordering stuff, you don't really need it. But I, I would go insane. I'd have to like, at least go to a Walmart and walk around for a couple hours just to you know, get away from that college dorm situation for a little bit. Uh, is well, Abby, any... you would have loved, you would have loved FIT because across the street is Macy's. I know. So yeah, like know. The, the big Macy's that you love, that, that you always go into. So well, that's just is, funny. Is, I just thought of that. Is Vivi there? Is Vivi there? She's, yeah, she's in the playroom. Okay. Well, playroom. I have a quick story. Michael's going to flip, but I, I do have a story. So go for Ken it. And, Ken and Jean. What? Ken and Jean own a dance studio that there's a dance studio in Pittsburgh called Ken and Jane's. Do you oh, remember? Yeah, Ken Piper. Yeah. Ken Piper and yeah. Ken and Jane, right. Okay. Yeah. So they had two daughters. Yes. Darcy and Wendy. Yep. And so Darcy was a dancer. She wanted to move to New York, blah, 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 and be a dancer. And her mom and dad said they were close with my mother. They're, they're around the same age. So they said, we will support you for four years, yeah. your room, your board, and your training, your voice lessons, your dance classes, and your apartment and your food. At four years in a day, if you cannot support yourself, you come home and you run our dance studio. That's it. Then, and she was sharp and attractive and built. And, you know, well, she got to New York and before long, she was a Fosse dancer and she was in every show that Bob Fosse did and was extremely successful. Her younger sister, Wendy, wasn't built like a dancer. She wasn't at the dance studio every minute. She danced, but not on that Short level. hair. She had short hair. I remember her. The other one was blonde. I I don't, I, that I don't remember. I, I don't remember that. I, you might be thinking of a student of Doris Kokoski's. No, name. no, no. Oh, okay. my, first, my first Dance Masters Nationals was in New York City and Ken taught. And oh, and Darcy okay. and Darcy assisted. Oh, and great! The other one was the other one, you're right. Wasn't built like a dancer, and she was there. So yeah. she went to one college and didn't like it, and came home. Then she went to another university, didn't like it, to come home. Then she ends up in New York with her sister. I guess she was living with her sister, and she goes to film school for film, and. Bob Fosse was doing the movie, All That Jazz. And she was going to be an editor. And she wrote a resume. They were looking for interns and whatnot. And she wrote her resume that said, I'm from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. My mom and dad own the Ken and Jean School of Dance. And blah, 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 blah. She got hired to do the movie, All That Jazz, awesome. and never stopped working and lives in Los Angeles and is married to some big time producer. Oh and my. has a big mansion and all of that. And now Darcy lives in Pittsburgh and she runs the dance studio. Oh my gosh. Wow. It was a complete turnaround. So yeah. I'll give you that story. 
that I will tell her. Not being a big time because they needed people that when she put dance on her resume, it was like, whoa, because editing all the dance steps together right. is so important. You have to have been a dancer. Well, and that's and- one of the things with dance moms that people out there in the world listening, you're bored out of your minds with our conversation. But on the show, Dance Moms, when I very first watched it and uh, Gianna and I were sitting there and it was in some dive bar restaurant place in Vegas. And it was the very first episode we were watching. And I looked at her and said, nobody is going to watch this crap. No one. It's so bad. And I was just looking at the dancing and the editing and the bad music. They put it on in post. And well, that's what I was just going to say to you. We, nobody knows better than us that the people that were working on our show didn't know shit from Shinola when it came to, to dance. <laughs> They didn't. No, nope. Shinola. Did you hear that, people? It's from Shinola. It's from I mean, Shinola. Brian Stinson knows how to tap his feet. Doesn't mean he knows anything about dance. Yeah, no, it was so bad, so so bad, and just they destroyed the choreography with the edits. And then on the big kids, big jump or leap or turn, they pan to the audience to see me or to see the moms. <laughs> oh, I hated it. That that editing was so important, and it it was so bad. Yeah. So let's dig in to this episode the one that kind of destroyed our relationship if you will uh it was the last straw and i don't think you hit me with the straw bag no but you know i watched the episode because i was told that this was what we were going to talk about yes honestly i never watched any of the episodes after like the first six of seeing me i didn't want to watch what i looked like what i was doing i i couldn't watch it so i've never seen this episode the sound effect of that purse hitting you is awful because it's like <laughs> boom. And I'm like, oh, come on. It was a SWAT. It was like. We're going to get into that after we talk about the, more the, of the beginning. And I know the water bottle. I know in my house, you did not throw things. I was not allowed to throw things from, <laughs> from being a toddler in a playpen, throwing stuff out of the playpen. If I threw something out of that playpen, my dad would pick it up and throw it right back at me. So there was no way I was throwing things. I did not realize that the water bottle lid, I have one right here, was not on all the way. So when the water hit it and it flipped off, that's when the water hit you. So I I didn't mean for like to dump someone's all over someone's head. That's That was not the intent whatsoever. But, you know, you get in those heated moments and you just can't think and you just react. Well, I, I mean, do you want us to, because I can, I would like to say what I have to say, or do you want us to wait? Or Yeah, so I think let's really start at the beginning of the episode. And I really want our listeners to understand how you guys started talking again, because not everybody knows, you know, this podcast world is very different than YouTube. Not everybody knows that you guys have had a couple of reunions. So I think Kathy or Abby, let's maybe talk about how you guys came back together. And I can take a little bit of credit for that. (laughs) When in 2021, Abby, it was during uh, the pandemic and we were together in LA and I said, uh, Abby, we're just going to text Kathy just randomly. I, 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 and Kathy, what was your reaction to seeing a notification from Abby? Well, yeah, I didn't really know who you were. Okay. So, so when, when it came from you and I, but I think that Abby, you might've been on Abby's 
Yes, it was coming from yeah. Abby's. Yeah, 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 um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yes. So what you guys don't know is that do you remember Abby when you were filming <laughs> season eight and you called me and asked if you could rent my studio? Do you remember that? And I said, no. I, I did that? Yes, because Brian had called me and you guys were going to be in Ohio and wanted to know whether you could rent my studio. And it was so bizarre because I was talking to Erin. She was at the house telling her. And the next thing I know, the phone rings and it's you asking if you could rent my studio. And I had already told Brian that the studio wasn't available. And I said no to you. So what you don't know is after I hung up, I felt horrible that I said no. And I wanted to send you flowers. So there have been many times from our battle that I have wanted to reach out, send you flowers. I think that one time I did text you on your phone and said, I'm thinking about you. This is when you went into the hospital. I'm thinking about you. I can only pray that you get better. So, because I've always liked you, you've always been somebody that okay, has been larger than life for me. I can huh? buy my flowers. I said, I can buy myself flowers. I, uh, <laughs> I, I, I appreciate that. I think now I'm remembering that you mentioned Satan's name. I, I remember that I was in the studio actually teaching and he kept coming in with the phone yes. for me to call you, call yes. you, call you. And I yes. said, yes. I don't have her number. I don't, I don't know if I have her number, but you know, I'm in the middle of teaching. We're choreographing. Right. We're trying to put three, four numbers on a stage in a week. And he kept up with it. I said, what, what do you want? Well, we need, we're going to Ohio. We want to, blah, blah, blah. I said, okay. So I did call finally. And then you said no. And I said, there, I called. She said, no, we're done. Yeah. That was it. Well, anyhow. So anyhow, when I got the text, I was very happy when I got the text from you or from you that I was very happy that um, there was a reach out. There was a correspondence and I was I was willing to to get it back together, to make that mend. Good. I always was very upset that we had that falling out because back in the very beginning, I had said when I, not the first week, but the second week when I started to see what was really happening, um, I kept saying to myself, you're not going to let your friendship go away. You're not going to let anything happen to your friendship. And lo and behold, it did happen. Something well, bad I, did happen. I mean, the television show ruined. Well, it ruined a lot. A lot of relationships. Yeah. Lots absolutely. and lots and lots of my relationships. Absolutely. I, uh, even on my end, the kids that danced in season two all left my studio because they, they didn't understand it. They couldn't handle it. And they, they all left the ones that were on the show. So you and I was close to them, yes. very close to them. Plus the income, you're running a business, right? You know what I mean? Like nobody thinks about that. They're like, oh, but you're on a TV show. You're making lots of money, blah, 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 blah. Exactly. No, those exactly. kids are with you for years and you want them to continue to be with you exactly. for years. Yeah. And, you know, just because it's a problem with you, you have a rest of the staff. You have other teachers that rely on a paycheck that comes from those kids or private lessons or, you know, whatever. And uh, the seamstress that makes the costumes, like there's a whole big, uh, you know, business. There's a whole big scope. There's a whole big scope that that people don't realize. Yes. 
And, and, and you were the only two that actually could relate in that department out of the original cast. And then they ended up putting you guys together against each other. And right. the people, and, you and know, it, would been, it would have been so much better if we would have been able to explore those type of aspects with it being a reality, like our trials and tribulations of keeping students, having them leave, having them break our hearts, how we're going to costume. The, it would have been so much more interesting to explore that situation than explore drama. Mm -hmm. So you, you guys had an amazing, um, you know, Zoom call. The two of you really poured your hearts out together, which was... Yes. I was on the other line, just or like just I was in the same room as Abby, but just watching. And I was just so emotional because as the fan, you know, and I try to, you know, be the voice of the, the listeners, the fans. And seeing that was just so refreshing because it was two people that were probably the most put against each other. And here we are. It's like you, it's all in the past. It's all in the past. You guys were able to put that behind you and really have that moment. So now here you are two years later. Michael, we're adults and we know this business inside and out. We used to see each other at nationals. We know a lot of the same people. We know, uh, you know, it, it's the same game, whether you're in Ohio or Pennsylvania, whether you rent a building, you own a building, you have 500 students, you have 250 students. It's, it's the same game. And mm -hmm. it, and people don't realize that. I remember uh, saying to me once, this dance studio is not your business. You are a TV personality. That is your business. This, forget about it. That's Shame. as he was ripping up, as he was tearing the kids' contracts in half that I had with them for a lousy 10%. It was more a contract that demanded respect and, and outlined what you have to wear to a competition and how you present yourself and your mom and dad can't get drunk in the bar at the competition. Mm -hmm. Those were the things that was the, the, those were the things in the contract at the ALDC. Not so much that I want to own you for the rest of your life. It had nothing to do with that. And it was Pittsburgh. What work were they going to get that I didn't get them? Be serious. Yeah. Millions of kids go to bed hungry each night in the U.S. So when I found out about a nonprofit that feeds 5,000 underserved children each night named Katarina's Club, headed by Chef Bruno Serrato, I knew I had to help. After all, who knows kids better than me? He launched Katarina's Club when he found out about California's motel kids. These children are so poor that their entire families live in single-room motels with no kitchens, nowhere to cook, no dinner, so food was a rarity for many of these families. He has been feeding kids, 5,000 kids, every single night since 2005. He even mortgaged his home twice to keep the program going. When his restaurant, Anaheim White House, burned to the ground, he found another kitchen that same day to keep feeding kids without interruption. He has served well over 10 million meals. During COVID, the number of hungry kids grew, leaving Katarina's Club scrambling to keep up with the demand. We are looking for any size donations. After all, a $5 donation feeds a family of four. While food banks are helping ease the crisis, many of these children 
often referred to as motel kids, live in cheap, crime-ridden units that do not contain kitchens. Since these families are unable to cook dinner, they depend on already prepared meals like those provided by Katerina's Club. To become involved and make a donation, go to katerinasclub.org backslash donate. Again, that's katerinasclub.org backslash donate. But so taking a look back, you know, we are leaving it on the dance floor, as we're saying in this podcast. So the episode today is season three, uh, episode seven, Rotten to the Core, as in Apple Core, of course, all the Apple puns. That is not me. Yeah, no. I'd like to think of us as delicious reds. Oh. (laughs) Um, But really quickly, Kathy, since you were coming on, our ALDC elites who head over to Patreon and YouTube Premium decided to send in some questions. So this is our Ask Abby, but really Ask Kathy today. Um, I don't know if Kathy understands that. So wait a minute. So our ALDC elites are the fandom. You know, Lady Gaga has... Her little monsters, right? Little monsters, yeah. Yeah, and and this one and that one and blah, blah, blah. So everybody wants to be an elite, right? Everybody wants to be on that elite team. So we have the ALDC elites. We have them and we actually have them, you know? So Mm -hmm. it's crazy. However, uh, if you want to be an ALDC elite, Michael, tell them what they have to do. So you head over to patreon.com slash the real Abby Lee, or you can head over to YouTube and subscribe to her premium channel, which you become a member and you get all these really exciting videos, which Abby just filmed a couple more for, uh, giving different dance tips. Uh, but you know, that's all recent. And you know, the really great thing about Abby is that her content spans like years back. You had an app that has a bunch of different dance footage with the original kids that we have content from that nobody's ever seen that will also be for the subscribers. Uh, So any dancers out there, you can get some extra tips, not the ones that are currently public. There are some um, ones that are viewable to everybody right now, Um, but there's some that some people still haven't seen. And all of that, along with Abby's recitals and Kathy, I'm sure you know, like having, you know, all the different dance concert footage of your own, do you, do you have DVDs of your uh, shows that you've done? Yep. I bet. They were always higher budget than Abby. Is that is that what you always used to say on the show? <laughs> like joking around, button heads, right? You always be able to say that. I, I yeah, I don't know. I just had a company like did it. They do like dance recitals. They would just come in and videotape. Yeah. It was fabulous. Yeah. But anyway, yeah. So anybody can become uh, an ALDC elite if you would like. But so, so we had. Uh, wait, 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 wait. Yes. All these people have to have their splits like right, left, and straddle before they're an elite. I mean, come on, Michael. There has to be some type of physical dance, uh, you know, that they have to well, hit. Well, the best thing about your fans, Abby, and you know this, is that not all of them are dancers. I'm not a, I'm you know, teasing. technical dancer. I'm teasing uh, all you people out there. So you can yes. be an elite. Yes. Uh, but anyway, so going to some of our questions for Kathy. Uh Hannah Kalmeyer, excuse me if I'm saying that correctly, thank you for your support, uh, asked, what are your real opinions of the original moms? Were they welcoming at all when you first came on the show? Oh, interesting. Oh, that, yeah, that's a good question. Um, It was Melissa who was right there with a friendly smile and her hand out. And as her hand was out shaking me, she was telling me that Vivi shouldn't be wearing a skirt. 
And I was like, okay, because at our studio, if you take ballet, you wear a skirt. So um, I felt that Melissa tried to be very friendly. Um, they were guarded. She was you know, always was, friendly, you know, shaking your hand with the one hand while the other hand was stabbing you in the back. Anyhow, um, they were guarded. Uh, I think that, you know, I was the outsider and I did feel like an outsider because that was one of my comments when I, when I wrote my letter of resignation after the first week that, you know, I was an outsider looking in and I, I just didn't feel a fit or a connection because they all had a history and I had nothing. So I think that that's where my humor took over. And of course, one of the first things that I say to them is, you know, why are you sitting there rhinestoning? Why are you stoners? We have a seamstress that does that. So, you know, I, I think that that broke the ice but I remember like the second or third week of being there it was my birthday and my birthday wow. is huge I mean it, my birthday's a national holiday here at this house and Melissa <laughs> gave me a cake which I was very appreciative to but I don't eat marble cake I only eat chocolate and it was marble and then she got me bracelets that were way too big for my wrist but I never told her I told her they were lovely and it was like okay. her now <laughs> telling her now they're making an attempt. And so I was, you know, gracious about that because I was very, very upset that I wasn't home for my birthday. Now, I have a question. So, when you came to Pittsburgh, did you stay in a hotel? Did I do what? Stay in a hotel. Oh, my God. You, this is the best story ever. So weeks leading up, the people from LA kept calling me and asking me like, you know, what are your specs? What do you want? What do you expect? And I said, well, I guess because I'm going to be there for the whole week, I don't cook, but I guess maybe get me um, a suite that, you know, like a suite that has a kitchenette or something like that. So Monroeville. Like a microwave and a, and a fridge and a, yeah, a sink. Yeah, and, so, yeah. you know, I can put some, some milk in there for Vivi in the morning and, you know, we can throw some pop tarts in the, the whatever, but. So you get off the highway and you go down under the bridge and sitting up on the hill is the courtyard, but tucked behind is this hotel. And it's not even a hotel, it's a motel. So it's pouring down rain when we come into Pittsburgh to start to film the next day. We come in at night, I pull into this motel and there's all of these roofers standing out smoking cigarettes and you know big burly guys and I'm almost near hysteria because this is not what I'm used to and I have my best friend with me and Vivi and I'm like you know I'm texting Brian Stinson what what is this what you know they're all vagabond people they're they're not used to a luxury hotel and so I went in and oh there is my a hotel God. in LA called the vagabond that's so funny yeah. Well, I went in. It's not a big fancy house. It's bad. I went in and the lady showed me my room and my bed was lopsided. And I walked out sobbing to my friend. I said, I, I can't stay here. I asked her if they had bed bugs and she told me no, but they had stink bugs. I had never seen a stink bug until I came to Pennsylvania. And I was like, I can't stay here. I just can't do it. I, I can't do it. Think about it so, so I I wrote to them and told them that the hotel that they, or the motel 
that they put me in was unacceptable. So I went down the street to where they were staying, which they would stay at the, the round one that's on down the street in Monroeville. What is that called? I the, forget. The Hilton. I think it was uh, the country. Okay, so I went there. It's still pouring down rain. I went there and they said, sorry, no occupancy. We're, we're booked. Now this is like on a, a, a Sunday night. We're booked. I looked at my friend, got back in the car, and I said, our last hope is the courtyard mirror, the courtyard that's up on the hill. That's our last hope. So if if I can't find a room, we're turning around and we're going back home to Ohio. Pulled in. They were like, yes, we have a room. And that's where I stayed every time, every week. I stayed at that courtyard. For that and first season? That the, well, that was one of the things that was um, disheartening to me. And not that I was looking for any type of invitation or anything, but the moms, and I know everybody was stressed. The moms would get to go home to their familiar territory. They'd go home. Maybe their husbands would have something there for them to eat, whatever. The kids got to sleep in their own bed. And here Vivi and I are traipsing off, you know, eating out every single night, traipsing back to this courtyard Marriott. And it was like, no one ever said, come come to our house and have a hot meal or that never happened. And I get it. I get it. So it's not like I'm holding that against them. It's just, that I don't it, think I, if I may, they were not going home to a hot meal. They were at a bar or a restaurant yeah. around the corner from the dance studio <laughs> drinking. If it, if the shoe would have been on the other foot and you guys would have been filming here in Ohio, I would have been like, come, come to our house, come swimming, come yes. sit on the deck, have, we'll have yes. burgers on the grill. That's how I would have handled things. I mean, yeah. when, when I got my own team that were not people from my studio, I mean, I would take them out to dinner. We'd go to Mexican after we got done filming. I mean, I'm, I guess, I guess. You were I'm, probably picking up a tab too. I get, I'm, I, I guess I have more hospitality and I right. get it. I don't hold it against them because it was an all new format for us, but it was, it was very stressful. Well, I, so, I never invited you to my house. But my mom was probably in not. Yeah, I wouldn't have expected older at that point. There was no nobody cooking a hot meal because my dad had already passed away. So, uh, but I agree. I understand. I understand where you're coming from. I've never really been invited to any of their homes. Uh, I was at Melissa's new home that she made husband number three build, uh, but she had a birthday party for the first time ever for her children at their home, and it was a pool party. And I know this because my friend DJ'd it my friend Sandy Powers decorated it and my other friend I think had the cake there or whatever so and that was it that's the only time I was at anyone's home except probably Kelly's home which I had been to several times for parties for the kids and that that's it interesting but like interesting. I I think Jill invited me to something there and I couldn't go uh yeah but they all have big, nice, beautiful homes. They they could have invited you and Vivi over. It's nice to be invited somewhere. Maybe you wouldn't even go, but it's nice to to open your door yeah, to. It's, it's nice to have the option. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's always terrified. it's always good. I was terrified of the roads. Oh my god, I was terrified of the roads. But I remember those crazy roads from when we picked up Mark Myers way down at his mailbox and brought him back to your studio so that he could teach Aaron how to do one, a jump. Years and years and years ago. Mark Myers? Yes. It was on the show? 
No, 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 no. This was years ago when we came oh. over to your studio. Oh, okay. All and right. People, for those of you who don't know, Abby and uh, Kathy were both uh, members of different organizations. So they've known each other way before the show. They've spoken about this in their other times getting together to create some content. But for our listeners, you know, now you get to hear that. Uh, Kathy, you spoke about how your uh, team uh, that was in the beginning of the show ended up, you know, all leaving because, you know, it's, there was, I, I we're kind of a little unsure about that. And Vince, who's an ALDC elite, asked, what happened to Kathy's team after season two nationals? Was a season three and on teams all handpicked by the producers? Did any of your season one through two team continue to dance at the Candy Apples, the studio off the show? Um, and did they keep compete before the show? Kind of a loaded question. Yeah, but... very loaded, but uh, yeah, I can certainly answer all of that. Um, so when I finalized season one, um, I don't think any of us thought that the show was going to have the longevity that it did. So um, I went back to my normal life and registered Vivian's school. And I got a call from Michael Hammond who said, okay, we're ready to start filming again. And I was like, oh yeah, well, you'll have to count me out because I'm not, I'm not going to go to Pennsylvania. That was too much for me driving back and forth. And I'm, you know, I'm just not going to do it. And that's when he said, oh, well, we'll just come to you then. And I think that's where the nemesis was born was uh -huh. because we'll just come to you because I, I get away with that. Oh, we'll just come to you. Yeah. But yeah. We'll just, we'll just come to you then. No, so that, I can't imagine didn't say, well, we're going to sue you and take your house if you don't show up. And well, blah, blah, blah. well, you know, uh, when I was trying to get out of the show, the season one, I mean, I went through three attorneys to try to get out of the show. So, um, and it wasn't, it just, it just wasn't conducive for me. It, I, I'm a homebody. I love my house. I love where I loved where I was at in my life. And I thought that I was going to enjoy this and I didn't enjoy it. And what I didn't enjoy was living out of a suitcase. Um, but that is what, you know, that kind of comments were stated and thrown out. Well, you realize we're, we're, you realize we're part of Viacom and Viacom is blah, blah, blah. And, and we could sue you. And so, yes, that stuff did get stated to me, but I was very adamant that we were not going to come back to Pennsylvania. And that's when he said, well, then we'll have to come to you, get together a team. So what I did was I got together all of my title winners and I had um, girls that were older than Maddie and Kendall. And I think that they were, um, let's see, were they in high school yet? No, they were like in seventh and eighth grade. And then I had Vivi dance along with Justice, the little redheaded boy, and he was little. And I had two other girls that were younger, but were big girls. They were, they were tall and very mature for their age. So they, they gave the persona that they were older girls. And um, at the at, what was troubling for them was they were so used to winning. They were so used to going to competitions and us cleaning house that for them to go week after week or whenever we filmed um, and not win and be second best, 
it was it was very much an emotional head game for them. They were very having a very difficult time. And here's all these girls that were all title winners through Dance Masters. And they hated that. And they also just didn't get the reality. They didn't get it. And they didn't like the fact that we had to stay after and create some kind of drama. They didn't like the fact that we had to march into Abby's uh, dressing room and create drama because the moms, the moms of those kids weren't, they were not glamorous. Like I think that Kelly and Christy and, and, and they're glamorous. They were glamorous. Well, no, some, some you mentioned, it's like putting silk stockings on a mule. My dad would say, or pig on a lipstick on a pig, right? Uh, well, but but- I, I do. And that was one of my big beefs is was, I was like, wait a minute, because, and I've stated this, I know the elites don't like to hear all this, but as I've stated before, had I made sure that everybody's bill was paid in its entirety, those people, you would not know their names on the show. Some of them, they would never have been allowed or permitted by me to even show up for an interview with the casting people. No way. And that I should have made happen. Like there should have, would have, could have a million things. However, when your team showed up, I was like, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait, how come she just got to pick her own kids? I didn't get to do that. I wasn't even on the show. They picked the mothers first. And then your moms came in and I mean, no offense, but they were not what I would call glamorous. They no, weren't. they weren't. I think I had, I had one and that was the big tall blondes mom that wait, had the false side. Um, the big tall blonde that had the bright red lipstick on at the Joffrey. Okay. And the purple eyeshadow, but her mom was glamorous. She would do the eyelashes and I think she had a boob job and you know, all of that kind of stuff. So she was probably my most glamorous, but anyhow, those kids and their moms just weren't cut out for reality, but I chose them because they were all my title winners. So we had been to our you own You had to have a system in your studio to say who's going to be on this and who's going to get to be on TV and who's not. So you know what? I'll take the title holders. The and title. That makes a clean That's sweep. right. Because we did have an audition and there were a couple moms, but their kids weren't very good. And I was like, you know, I want, I want the title winners. I want, because I had to go up against you. And even though you say your kids weren't good, they they won every week. So I had to, I had to come loaded and, and, you know, kids that could do fuetes on a dime and kids that could do switch splits and kids who had great extensions. So that's why I chose them. But so we went to our own nationals where we were extremely successful. We won everything and we come out to LA. We, we literally leave nationals. We all board a plane. Where was that? We were, we went to Kathy Rowe at that that year we were at Kathy Rowe and we were in Cincinnati. And so we left, we left Kathy Rowe Nationals. The very next day we get on a plane no, and not that. Okay. we come out to you guys. We're exhausted. I remember Jimmy, one of the producers running and getting me. Now my other kid, they, to heck with them. They could care less whether they got to eat. He went running and got me an in-out burger because I was starving. So we go, we start to film. Well, lo and behold, um, you put on that great, oh, and this is funny too. At the time, I had a gentleman reach out to me, Mitchell Fink, who gave me this big, big BS that he was this great choreographer. So here I am, I'm at nationals. I don't have time. Like you said, you have a window this big to choreograph these numbers. 
I didn't have time. I were had they a- filming. Were they filming your kids while they were learning the numbers at this point or now? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Okay, so Mitchell says, "Oh, I can do. I can do a number." Oh, and it was horrible. The kids were supposed to be in a storm. The costumes were awful. They had umbrellas. It was terrible. And you come with this wonderful piece, the last text, which I said in my interview, there's been times in my life where I've experienced something that I just want to keep playing it over and over in my mind. And that dance was right up there with my top 10. I loved it. I thought it was phenomenal. It definitely earned a spot. But we were out on the streets in Beverly Hills and there was an altercation and the water was throwing. There was manhandling. My earring got ripped out of my ear. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. We're in LA. I know the theater. I know exactly where we were. Yeah. And 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 it was the whole clean Chloe's clock chant. Do you remember that? Kathy, please explain that chant. I know, I know, listeners, I know we're talking about season three, Rotten to the Core. We will get to the episode, I promise you. But this is just while Kathy's here, we have to talk about this. Why choose the chant, Clean Chloe's Clock? Well, Justice and Chloe had went up against each other. And Justice had won. Clean Chloe's Clock. And so... Like, where's the clock? This wasn't the tape over her mouth. No, no. Okay, so stop. Hold on for just a moment. I get asked this question (laughs) all the time. Where do you come up with these sayings? Yeah. Clock is an old saying that I dug out of my bag of tricks that my mom and dad would say, well, you go out there and you just clean her clock. Okay. I don't know what it means, but it sounds cool. And so (laughs) I used it and it was clean Chloe's clock. And that's where a lot of those sayings were derived from my dad. He was the most witty, the most comeback. He was the comeback kid. He, you had to get up really early in the morning to get ahead of him. And a well, lot my dad, of my dad too. Did your dad yeah. fight in the war? Did he what? Fight in World War II? Uh, no, he was in the um, Vietnam War. Oh, he's younger. Okay. Yeah, he's so, younger. Yeah, my dad fought in World War II, one of six kids, grew up during the Depression, born in 1927. All of these same thing. If I, you're dumb enough to be a twin. Every day he told me that. You're dumb enough, like for two people. I'm that dumb. I'm two people dumb. And I'm like, oh my God. So, yeah. so, so, all, of, so all of these sayings I pulled because they were, th- you know, just like I got so much static with saying, if Vivi comes to me and wants to play softball, I'll slit my wrist. My mom used to say this all the time. Well, if you go out with that boy, I'll slit my wrist. Back then you didn't think anything of it because, you know, death by suicide wasn't mental health, wasn't in the public eye. It wasn't an issue. You just, you, I'm going to slit my wrist because I don't want to do that, you know? So those sayings all came from my parents. But anyhow, so yes, so that was why um, the kids then had um, a bad experience because they saw this fighting going on in the streets of Beverly Hills. Cause I think that, I think that that theater was in Beverly Hills. I remember coming flying down the street in his Tesla only to retrieve you guys. He could have cared less what was happening to me. Um, 
and Mitchell standing and calling the Beverly Hills police. And, you know, it was uh, it was traumatizing for kids in the Midwest to sit and see this happening. It was and traumatizing for the kids in, for Pittsburgh to see it too. Right. Well, you're they right. Knew, you're they right. Saw it, I knew their mothers were trash. Okay. I don't. Well, I don't think that your kids saw it though. I don't think they were out. I think they were in the in the dressing room. My kids and were all what, in the van what, trying to be transferred. Um. Well, Christy and I were fighting. Okay. So for people who are listening, Abby, I'm not sure if you. I think you had left. I don't think that you were there. Yeah, I don't and, think you were around. So this was actually a deleted scene that they did end up showing in the season two uh, reunion a little bit of. But I guess because it was as bad as you're describing, they chose not to include it. Um, well, but all of it was filmed. Yes. And, and it's like on the curb. It was on the curb yes. and I got pushed down yes. into the tree. And Tanya, the big redhead, walked over and embraced Christy and threw her off of me. And, you know, the kids are seeing all of this. Well, if you remember correctly, we all went to the Teen Choice Awards then three days later. And oh. yes, and I and I had to attend with you guys. So at the reunion show, uh, Christy came over and apologized to me and I accepted her apology. I said, I get it. We're filming. We're all in the moment. Things happen. I get it. I, I guess I'm that kind of a person. I try not to be too grudgy. But anyhow, um, yeah, so my kids came home. They were all over social media. And my attorney at the time that was the other mom's attorney's uh, attorney, he was from- Wait, wait, the mom's from my studio. Yeah, I shared an attorney that your mom's did. And then what happened was they all left Andy Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. New activation and upfront payment for three-month plan required. Taxes and fees extra. Additional restrictions apply. See mintmobile.com for full terms. I stayed with him and he represented me very well. He was, uh, he was awesome for me, but he was calling me that night saying, get your kids off social media. They cannot be on social media. They cannot be saying what's happening. Get them off because I've been contacted by my, and this is, you know, this is huge. You need to just put, so when I went to them and told them that they couldn't, couldn't do this, they were angry because they wanted to get their side of the story out. This is when Twitter was hot and the girls, my girls were fighting with people they didn't even know. And I tried to calm my moms down and the redheaded lady, I think, escalated them and they all ended up and quit. I had two that stayed, but justice left. Erica, Erica, the one that danced with the mirror that was ID'd as being too old, she left. And I was close to them. I mean- visiting at my house, doing things with them. They, they, so give, up their, they give up their titles. Well, some of them were not, Sarah was a reigning title holder and I would not let her come back to give up her title because of what she did to me. So she did not get to go back. Good for you. 
Yeah. And Justice had just won. Or did he give it? Wait a minute. Justice, no. He was giving up his title in California because he had won the first year that we were down in Florida filming for season one. And we were at Gary Pate's Star Power. And you guys were over at that turtle crossing or whatever. And I was at, and we kept ping-ponging. Do you remember that? I just remember that Chloe was holding the title for Pennsylvania. We We had to go there. So every, the whole crew had to go to uh, Orlando. It didn't matter who was doing what. And we went in and Satan and I went in and we spoke with, um, you know, the man, M-A-N-N, and the people, and they wanted nothing to do with it with the filming and it's the dumbest mistake they ever made oh you know, i got DNA. i got called i got called out of sea world because i had to have a um meeting with the big shots because of what was going on i got called out of sea world right in the middle of shamu oh. but i gave my life to that organization oh i know abby it was For my 20 religion years 20 yeah, I know. years I, I don't think I turned one receipt in when I was vice president or president or past president, not one receipt for anything that I ever did for them. I, I love those people there and, and, you know, your friends and your frenemies, you know, and uh, it was a huge part of my life. And every year, no matter what, at Easter, I always just get a little bit like where I should be. It's yeah, your performing arts. Yeah, I should be at performing arts. In Springs right now in our Miss Dance. You know, and I, I'm like, I should be there. It was a huge part of my you were life. Seven, seven Springs? Is that where it was? Yeah. Yeah, yeah a huge part of my life that I, that was taken away from me because yeah. of this. I have to say that my chapter was very upset that that all went down and they were, they were, their hands were tied on a national level to get rid of me. Um, I'm happy to say that with a lot of perseverance on their end for years, I mean, it's been 11 years that I, I had to retake my test, which was stupid that I had to do that because I was a 25 year member, but I retook my test in January and I'm now a dance masters of Ohio member again. Well, congratulations. I am shocked. Yeah. Now I am shocked, Kathy. Well, uh, congratulations. I'm glad for you because we don't have uh, many uh, rules, let's just say, in the United States of America for people to teach dance. And I don't know if the general public knows this, uh, all you ALDC elites that are watching and all the new people that have joined us today for Leave It on the Dance Floor, uh, dance teachers in the United States do not need a license of any kind, anybody, anyone can put a, you know, hang a shingle out on the door or sign and say, you know, Miss So-and-so School of Dance. Nobody judges or comes in to investigate or just to check your floors, your ventilation. Is there a water fountain? Is there, uh, how high is the ceiling? Nothing, absolutely nothing in the United States. So being a member of Dance Masters, Dance Educators, uh, some of these other organizations, it gives you a little bit of, integrity it gives you a little bit of uh of of status if you will 
to be a studio owner and to be a dance teacher. And I valued it so, so very much. It was just a huge part of my life. And, uh, you know, I remember my dad saying though, slamming his fist, you know, on, he, I make him out to be a bad guy. He wasn't, he was fun. But, uh, you know, when my mother and I would come home for, upset from a competition or in tears, if so-and-so said this or did that or whatever, um, he would slam his fist on that table and say, dance masters doesn't put food on this table. Your dance studio does. Remember that, you know? So I, I loved it. I miss it. Uh, I'm so happy for you that if that's what you wanted, that you're back in with all those, you know, old fogey gears. But um, yes. You know, a lot, a lot of them are gone now, though. That's yes, that, and that, you're young, younger that, people. It's like with the condo. You know, the people who die that made all the rules so then you can make new rules. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, there's so a lot wonderful. of, some of them have left that, you know, were, were ogres to us. Some of them have left, they're no longer involved. And, um, you know, I never had anything against my chapter. They were always supportive of me when they had their big grievance. There was not a person in the, in the grand body meeting that said, we want Kathy to go. Um, it was all higher up. So I don't know what my participation will be on a national level, but I do intend to dabble on a chapter, a chapter level from time to time. But, you know, I have a busy life. We do other things now with the studio. So I don't know. It, it definitely can't or will not be my religion like it was. Like it was. That's a crazy well, word that you used, but it, it is. It was yeah. my religion and, and my mother of 62 years or something she was a member but it what i grew up on dance masters like you did so it's something that my mom wanted me to do it's something that aaron wanted me to do and, and now i've got vivi saying to me mom maybe i should become a member of dance masters you should she so, should you know, it, it's not like it's a bad thing it's just that there are bad mindsets in it yes so and i you also know, think that you mentioned the word religion and i think it's what you get out of it and yeah. what, what I, it made me a better teacher. It made my students better. Oh yeah. And, and, uh, you know, I, you know, when they took the Leotard competition out, I was like up in arms. Cause I'm like, that's the only thing that makes a kid stand up straight and turn their feet out, uh, when they walk. But I, I, I agree. It's what you, you know, you get out what you put in and you take the good out and you leave the bad there and let them rot. Yeah. So don't so those rotten apples. <laughs> I always get emails and direct messages online from kids and parents asking if I can record a short video, wishing someone a happy birthday, a milestone congratulations on a special achievement, or even just my advice before performing at a competition. With Cameo, my followers, the ALDC elites, have the chance to connect with me directly. Looking to have Abby Lee's last word as you enter an exciting moment of your life, maybe put you, your friend, or a special someone at the top of the pyramid, or do you want them at the very bottom? Anything is possible on Cameo. Connect with me from anywhere on the globe at cameo.com backslash the real Abby Lee. That's cameo.com backslash the real Abby Lee. The sky's the limit on Cameo.
So I think that that definitely was really refreshing to talk about just because, you know, people don't realize that the show really affected the two of you in terms of just your, like your, you know, the moms, you know, some of them gave up their careers to be on the show. Obviously they had a check coming in, but I, yeah, I mean, I'm not going to move on from that. Definitely let it, let that out. Uh, Leave that on the dance floor. (laughs) Leave it on the dance floor. Leave it on the dance floor. And fun fact, uh, a lot of you were commenting, a lot of you ALDC elites or just other listeners were asking us, it, they were like, oh, I was so stupid. I didn't know that the song was Leave It. I always thought it was Live It on the dance floor. To clarify, yes, our intro music is Leave It on the dance floor uh, from We Three Kings Music. Uh, we just want to uh, say, you know, big thank you to them. They did uh, change and adjust the version to leave it for for this podcast just for just for us uh, and we want to say thank you for that so for you listeners you were right it, it was living um, and we are crediting them as livid on the dance living floor. on the dance floor for the tv show it's leave it on the dance yes. floor for us yes yes uh, and just I, I'm happy that I thought about that because I do want to you know give them credit and definitely tell you guys out there that yes, you are right. Don't stress. <laughs> Everybody's really analyzing every little detail, uh, which we're grateful for in a way. Uh, anyway, so season, season three, episode seven, Rotten to the Core. We are finally on the episode, guys. And for those of you who sent in questions, keep sending them in. We will try to answer them as much as we can for you ALDC elites. Um, so... Kathy, uh, this episode you were coming to, uh, we're not going to do too much of a detailed breakdown for you today, guys, just because we have definitely been speaking about a lot of other more interesting things, in my opinion. But uh, Chloe is suspended this week. So Chloe was not on uh, the team. So Christy was not involved in the drama at the competition, which maybe was for the best. I suspended her from the dance studio? You suspended her from the dance studio because remember uh, when you when you saw the recap when you were watching this you saw that Chloe dropped her hat in uh, lemonade or pink lemonade was the number and she dropped her hat okay. so yeah so she was suspended had a whole big blowout I think, I think something else happened oh that maybe the viewers don't know about maybe I something think she happened wanted to go on vacation didn't she yeah. They wanted to go on vacation, I think. Yeah. Interesting. That's an interesting. I can find out. I can find out exactly what happened. Let me. Okay. Let let me find out. We'll do some digging. Yeah, we'll do some digging. I think we can find out right now while we're here. So Really? Yeah. Either she went on vacation or the mother did something wrong and she was suspended, but they didn't want it to play into story. They wanted it to be uh, me suspending the kid. Always the bad guy with that kid. It was always me. It was always my fault. But it really wasn't. That wasn't yeah. because if I wanted to suspend her because her hat fell off. Oh, my God. They wouldn't. Have, Abby, you can't do that. It's a TV show. Abby, you can't do that. You know, she's she's on a TV show. She has a contract. Blah, blah, blah. You know, so I don't think that's right. Something was going and on. I'm curious. I'm curious. It might, it might have been a vacation, but I'm curious. Well, one, what her side would be obviously guys this is just our side there's two or three sides to every story so so she was suspended uh i don't think that you would have suspended a kid i but the beginning of the episode you say we're talking about the week before i'm gonna not go into that we're just gonna move on um anyway chloe is not on the team this week 
And Kathy is going to be joining uh, the drama at the competition. It was in Detroit, Michigan. And uh, it's Starbound, funny enough. You guys went to Starbound a lot. And um, Jill uh, was all happy because Kendall was on the top of the pyramid this week. So her drama with you, Kathy, at the end, definitely, once you're on the top of the pyramid, that means you're probably at the base of all the drama of the story. Is that correct, Abby? <laughs> Yeah, of course. And I always try to tell kids, it's tough being at the top of the pyramid. It's tough, uh, you know, being the front in the middle of the dance. It's, it, you know, people are relying on you. People are behind you, watching you, following you. Uh, so Kathy, tell us about the, what made you decide to be in a limo? What made, was it the show? Did they pay for it? Was that on your tab? I'm very curious about that. Okay, so. I, I guess this is where I struggled with the show and I had a really hard time differentiating reality from real. I would think that the show, I was an actress, which this is going to circle around to hitting Abby. Um, okay, wait, wait, wait. The fight with the dad and I, that happened before the competition ever began. Yeah, hold on. We'll get to that. Yeah, you're right. It did. Okay, so- when we filmed, you know, we would be dark on Monday, Tuesday, they'd come in and they'd lay out their agenda to us. So it, that's why it drives me crazy when people say, you know, was this all fake? Was it scripted? No, we did not have scripts that we had to memorize, but there was a definite agenda. Those people would go off in the nighttime and they would come up with these derived storylines. There's, and to me, that's an agenda that that may as well have been scripted. So because no, Kelly couldn't read a script. Come on. <laughs> so they come, they came to me and said, okay, this is how you're gonna arrive. You're gonna arrive in a limo. And you know, things that would be presented to me, oh wow, that sounds like fun. But the fun would get drained immediately because then it had to be turned into drama. So one of the things that I say getting out of the limo, which we had a blast. And did we even go there in the limo? No, I think we jumped in and rode around the block and made it look like we were pulling up in a limo. Oh, so you didn't arrive. You didn't arrive in the limo. limo okay. didn't come to our hotel and pick us up. It was there on the premise waiting for us to all pile in. So then we get out and my first comment is, oh, Abby, did you come in the big crappy bus from Pennsylvania or Pittsburgh? So I always tried to make things more funny than vicious. But when we went in, then things erupted because- stuck to her character. I mean, she would never break. I don't know who you ever took acting classes from, but if you did, but she would never break character. Like she, no, if she said that awful line, she wouldn't then turn around to me or to someone else and go, you know, I was just kidding. She would just stick oh, to it. Yeah. You, me, and you, oh. just, you would just keep going the whole day. I looked at it as an acting job. I had done no, so I know much you theater I know you and stuff like that, that to me, when the lights went down, that's when I was like, okay, hey, I'm Kathy. And, you know, let's keep being friends. That sort of thing. But I thought to myself, I'm, I've got a paid job here. I'm doing an acting job. So I'm going to do it just as well as I can do it. So what happened was 
you know, everybody, I would be so keyed up and sick to my stomach and there would be a knot in my stomach when I had to do that initial walking in, you know, like two prize yes. fighters, we would yes. come walking in and I would be like nauseous, like, okay, what's going to happen today? What's going to happen? And again, I have this bag of tricks that I just say things that it was and, easy. And if, I may, and if I, let me just say something. Uh, if I may, if I may, it's my podcast. I can say whatever I want. No, <laughs> but I will say, I will say you didn't, you tried to stay away from the weight jokes. You tried to stay away from looks jokes. You tried to go for those weird, goofy, silly things that was the right way to do it because people that aren't that well-educated would just have to go right to the weight or to someone's looks or to someone's this or to someone's that. Yes. Okay. Go ahead. So, so, you know, it, we're all tense. All of us are tense and they're egging you on. And I think that what happened with Rick, which that's who it was. His name was Rick. He really wanted to be on the show. And I think that Rick was willing to just go completely over the top. And, you know, you have to understand our producer. And at the time, I think it was that Brent that we had. He's feeding these people. Wait a minute. Brent was a good looking cameraman. No, no. I, he was kind. He I always know, wore like this. He, he always wore this dirty, grungy coat and he had kind of like a baby face. I thought his name was Brent. Maybe not. Okay. okay no, but you anyhow, you know, they would be feeding. We had different producers. Yeah, we did. We had different okay. producers. I always had a girl with 50 tattoos, but okay, go ahead. Yeah, we had different producers. So they would be over here. Oh, and this happened over there. And boy, she's really being mean to this person. And la, 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 la. So you're all hyped up. And I think that Rick just so badly this he felt this was he and Jalen's break that he was willing to do whatever and to go across the line and yell and scream but what I will say about the dads is that I always felt a little bit more secure because those moms would attack me and I had some mealy mouth moms um, that wouldn't say a word particularly in season two, they wouldn't stand up for me if they were forced. And the right. dads came along and they showed this chivalry towards me. Like I was their leader and they adored me and they were and willing they were to- gentlemen. They were gentlemen. They, they, yes, yes, yes. But I will say that I felt that Rick and Mickey at times could take it to the next level, which they shouldn't have, but they were being encouraged to take it to the next level. And when you're being encouraged and you're trying to do a good job, you can be out of control. You can just keep at it, keep pounding, pounding, pounding. And that's, so that set the tone for that episode was the fact that Abby had that altercation with Rick in the very beginning. And that, that set the tone. I think that the whole episode, I kind of skimmed through it was very tense. It was a very tense episode. It and was, and there was a lot going on with, there was a lot of story in this episode yeah, that we can't, we can't, yeah, we can't, we can't touch on everything today, but yeah, I think well, that, I, yeah, go ahead, Kathy. Sorry. What I was going to say was one of the things that 
no one knows. And as I was watching it and I was watching the, the little clip that Vivi and I were in a store, I had had bronchitis that entire week. And you can detect that I sound nasally. I was going to say, you sound sick. I sounded nasally. So what happened, I don't know if you want me to jump ahead. Go for it. We're jumping all around today. It's fine. (laughs) So what happened was we did win. Uh, Abby did the avalanche number, which was really creative. And we Mm -hmm. did the, the whole little girls, whatever. And I had one of my students She had like a little bit part that she came on and off and we did win. Well, my theory always was with production. Why do I need to go in to Abby's room and cause havoc if I've won? Why can't I be over here with my team and be happy and revel in that? Why can't you capitalize on that? But that wasn't their agenda. That wasn't their format. So what... What you don't know and what you don't see is that I walked in. And do you remember, Abby, that redheaded cameraman? He looked like Archie. I always called him the redheaded stepchild. No. He was ruthless. So I, they, no, no, no. You've got to go in. You've got to go in. So I walked in. I opened up the door and I blared something like, ah, what about the win or something like that? And closed the door. And as I turned around, they pushed me back into the room. And that's when I come walking in and they've got it edited. You can tell it's so obvious. And it makes me so angry because it sounds like I'm going, ha! well, that is totally not me. Yeah. You're like, you're like, so yeah. Yeah, And I walk up to Abby And the water goes on me. And honestly, I have to tell you, at that moment, Abby, we weren't really on the outs. We were starting to get there because of the tension, but we weren't there. And at that particular moment, what went through my mind, and I feel that second guessing situations sometimes gets me in trouble. What went through my mind was, She's doing this for ratings and go along and play along with her. So that's when I went, bam. And I didn't mean to do that either. Cause I thought, okay, you're going to love this. You're going to love that. I'm swatting my purse at you because you just threw water on me. I was so wet after Jill then doused me with water that those dads were running around looking for hair dryers because I was soaked to my underwear. That's how wet I was. I had a, a, a dress on that was kind of, you can see it's lacy and there was a lot of holes. So it went through very quickly and it was freezing outside. And all I kept thinking was I can't go outside. My hair's soaked and I have bronchitis, but I honestly, and I will, this is from the, from the bottom of my heart that I thought that you were doing that for ratings. And I thought she's going to love me playing along with her. And, you know, it was the, it was the catalyst then that it was the straw that broke the camel's back for us not to be friendly with each other and to, 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 you know, be defensive with each other. Well, I think Kathy, it was not only the last straw with you, but it was the show. It was everything. 
It's like, what am I doing? Well, I'm getting hit now by a woman, a friend that I knew. I'm getting screamed at by some dad that I that doesn't even know me or what I've done. Um, you know, and I'm looking at it like, hell, they should be grateful that they there was a show for them to be on, you know, and uh it, it was just well, too much. You, you marched down because I had my mom and I had my best friend with me who would travel with me a good deal when I would have to film. And you marched out, cameras down, you marched out and you walked up to my mom and you said, you should teach your daughter some manners. And my mom was dumbfounded because she had no idea what happened. And when I got to her, she was like, oh my gosh, Abby was so, so, so adamant with me and I need to teach you manners. And, you know, we love Abby. What happened? And I was like, you know, I got doused with water by her, by Jill. I hit her with my purse. It was ugly, mom. It was an ugly situation. People ask me often, do I regret anything that I said on the show? Do I regret some of my words? And they're, they're insinuating, I think, the kids or the moms, but I remember going to your mother. That I remember. And I should have never done that because I wouldn't have appreciated someone going to my mom and working her up. But, but again, um, our tensions and our stress in the moment was, and I saw her yeah. and I thought, you know, and I should have never involved her ever. So I apologize to you, to your mom. Again, I shouldn't have got her involved, but I did go to the police station. I did file complaint. So don't go get into any fights in Detroit because <laughs> okay. you have a record. You have uh -oh. a name <laughs> pop up. Your name uh -oh. is going to pop up. Um, but I started doing that because of, uh, you know, when you hear a girl's been, you, you know, with a husband and wife or domestic violence and you hear it's been done, it's been done, it's been done, but she never reported it. And now she's dead. And it's yeah. like, well, had she reported it, then, you know, they would know it was him or right. whatever. So I started that with you. And then with that choreographer that they brought on to be your choreographer. Down uh, the road. Anthony. Yes. Anthony. And he was over the top also. But what stinks, Abby, is that we didn't have the support of our production company. This is what they wanted. This is what they wanted. And we didn't have, we couldn't turn to them if there was something that was troubling because this is what they wanted. And yeah, I, it literally, the episode, like we said, had so much story going on. There was stuff about Nia going through her problems with her foot. There was stuff with Ke uh, Kelly and Christy having drama. Like there was a lot already going on. This did not need to happen. Like obviously the fans no. and, you know, me and people no. who love reality TV know this as an iconic reality TV moment. So thank you guys for the, for doing that. However, it didn't need to be that way. Yeah. And it it's a shame that, you know, thank God the two of you at least are able to now speak and realize what the hell. Like have you have you spoken to Jill ever? <laughs> I was telling Michael here that um, you know, it's my shtick that I don't like Jill. It's my it's my gimmick that I don't like Jill, but I did go to lunch with her one time when we were filming and I always judge people by if I worked in an office. If I worked in an office, I, her and I would probably be friends. 
if I worked in an office, I'd stay away from her. If I worked in an office, Jill and I would probably be friends because we have a lot in common. You know, she likes to decorate. She likes pretty houses. She like, you know, she likes to look nice. We just, the day that we had lunch, it was a very nice, enjoyable lunch. I don't even remember where we were. I don't remember where we were filming. I don't it even know. Camera? It was I, on camera? No. Oh, no, 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 no. This was us on our own, just being us. And wow. it was a delightful lunch. Um, so, yes, it's my shtick that I don't like Jill and I hate Jill. And I chuckled uproariously when I walked by and went, do something with that hair, Jill. I use that all I the just, time. I just it's wonder funny. if at that moment after the water. If yeah, she was wild. Yes. So there was never, was there ever an apology? Was there ever a moment after that? No. no. So she would you be willing to have that happen? Whether it's anywhere or maybe here on this podcast on Leave It on the Dance Floor? Is that something that you'd ever be interested in? I, I, as I told you earlier, I'm not a grudgy yeah. type person. And I love when my life is copacetic. So I don't, I like for people to like me. And I don't like for people to dislike me. Um, so if it always means that it's patching and mending a relationship that's gone the wrong way, I'm always up for something like that. And I think a lot of people- And see, uh, and see, and see that's where we differ. <laughs> well, yeah, but Abby, also you, I mean- as, Oh, you, know, you have a soft, you have a soft road, Jack, good riddance. Yeah, you have a soft spot. You, you say that, but I have to say, you know, you and I have spoken how obviously they are adults now and you have, you've apologized about a lot, about every, you know, as much as you possibly could at this point. So I, you know, to say that you're, you're open, I think every, you yeah, two. I, I just think that the, Kathy, I, and you probably agree with me that the children seem to have, you have one in your own house. So maybe you can speak from a more personal experience, but the kids, I don't understand how they always thought that it was them against me. When I was the one fighting with production for a better music and a better costume and no, you're not going to make that kid do that solo. And no, Nia's not going to be pregnant. And no, you know, I was always their, their ally, their advocate for them with the network. Because, and I, because it's, it's even that way in real life with having a dance studio. And you're going to agree with me on this. What the kids hear at home from the parents is what they think. So, you know, you may have been their advocate, but you were doing, you were doing adult things for them that they didn't understand. They didn't understand that you wanted better music for them and you wanted a better dance and you wanted better costume. They didn't understand that that was for them because they're children. So what they may have heard was the complaining and the grumbling because the adults were grumbling. And that's, I mean, that's, I've had that at my dance studio. You can tell when a kid has had dinner talk about Miss Kathy at the dance studio, you can tell because that kid comes in and then has a grudge or an attitude or a chip on their shoulder about you. So the girls, I mean, you were dealing with eight and nine-year-olds. I mean, Brooke was your oldest. The girls didn't get that you were doing that for them. I you don't get it. Yes, I get it. Always so toxic. They used that word. It was so toxic. It was this, it was that. But they, they were, were at the dance studio before. 
they were, that's, yeah, that's they, they, were the recitals. they were going to the competitions they were going to the conventions it was their life and they loved it right not every minute you wanted to win in real life you wanted to not be last you wanted to place you wanted to get the title or be in the top 10 or whatever um but how it went from their real life to being on this reality show that they all detest i just bumped into somebody that used to um dance at my studio here in la and they said that they saw one of the kids out in public and they were, hi, how are you? And they just looked at them like they were dirt. And they said, well, we used to be in your classes at ALDCLA. We took with you like every day, like, oh yeah. And they go, have you ever stopped in? Do you ever stop in and see Karen or, or Gianna or whatever? No, that's, I would never. That's the worst time of my life I've ever had. I can't even try to remember. It's awful. Like this big scenario in a mall and but i experienced that in real life at the dance studio and that's just people and you know people you wonder why are why are people like that to me uh, well if it's any consolation when people ask vivi she never says oh it was a horrible experience it was a horrible experience she never says that she's okay. right now i think that vivi is enjoying her notoriety um, the kids at the public school were wild. This is Vivi from Dance Moms. I mean, I were- was going to ask you about that. So what was her life like in a public school after going from private? Like, was just everybody like on top of her all the time? Because I know Kendall recently has said that when she went to college, it was constantly people, you know, putting pictures of JoJo on her door and like all of these crazy things. Like, did anything crazy happen to Vivi or it was just fun and all positive, just people happening uh, directly? Well, you know, this is kind of funny, but what I say about Vivi is that she is the Ferris Bueller. If you know the movie, she's the Ferris Bueller with boobs because the <laughs> bloods, the crips, the geeks, the drug, they all love her. This kid has more friends and it was very positive for her at public school. The kids, uh, the first day she came home, she cried her eyes out and cried. They're all looking at me. They're all looking at me. And I went, Vivi, I'm sorry. I know you don't want to hear this, but I hear it every day on social media. You are an icon. People love Vivi from Dance Moms. You're going to have to suck it up and do what Tommy Ritter told you, that you are an icon. And you are Vivi from Dance Moms. And you have to remember that. These kids are looking at you because you're someone special. The next day she got in the car and went, man, was I dramatic yesterday. And they have <laughs> 10 new friends that I'm having lunch with. And the kids, the kids go crazy, like her best friend. She goes crazy when Vivi will say, oh, my mom is filming with Abby tonight. Or something. She, go, she loved the show. It, you know, so I think that it's, Vivi- it's in The whole new- generation that's watching the show oh, yeah you know yeah. re-watching it watching it re-watching it and now I'm glad that she's older and a young adult and she can accept that and laugh about it and yeah. she's enjoying the fame a, a little bit of fame you know from yeah. the kids that are her peers and yeah. they look back at it and say oh my god have you got to be on a tv show like that's cool yeah yeah they refreshing she didn't yes. have, but, but, but Vivi's a different kid than Kendall, just based on what I see with Kendall on social media. I think Vivi's a different, she's very humble. She's kind. I mean, people, she doesn't, I will look at her and say, oh, come on, Vivi. Every, every girl says something catty about somebody. Tell me something dirt wise on some, 
no, mom, that's not nice. So, you know. I just, I just want to, you're, you weren't just saying now that Kendall's not kind. You were just saying that Vivi oh, no, isn't I necessarily. Saying, no, 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 no. No, our, I was our listeners and the fans listen to every little detail. Yes, so no, the last thing not, that I want to do is have no, a soundbite no, of you I out don't, there. I don't know Kendall to that degree. Um, I don't know her to that degree. I just think that Kendall is probably Vivi's very more social. Yes, yeah, she's more very, social in going out. She goes to parties in college, like just two yeah, different kinds of people, and, and that's okay. Vivi is very confident and gets told a lot that she's beautiful, but she's. Um, she isn't like out there. He's more reserved. Kathy just touched on. Jill is gonna, no, Jill is going to call me up and say, "Don't you?" I know. We yeah. we were doing so good, so, yeah, Kathy and Jill. This. We still want you to this. reunite. I think Jill told Kendall she was beautiful at least once an hour during the oh. waking hours. I'm going to say during waking hours. At least once an hour, Jill said, oh, my beautiful Kendall. Kendall, you are so beautiful. Kendall, you are so pretty. I was just like, oh, my God. And um, I've had other beautiful girls before. One, one, Allie Meixner. I don't know if you remember that name. Yes, uh, I do. But beautiful, beautiful girl. And very her parents never told her that. Well, I, would say, I always say to Vivi, I pat her on the leg and say, you are one ugly kid. I mean, they never wanted her to be just another pretty face. They yeah. wanted her to be smart yeah, and to be too. talented and yeah. to be everything. So they kind of laid off of that. I mean, she had the whole world telling her she was beautiful. I remember she was a three-year-old and she fell in dance class and hit her chin. And my dad went through the roof. He was like, he was there. He grabbed her and scooped her up and put a little butterfly bandaid on her and put <laughs> that together. Cause he was like, oh my God, this face, this face, that kid, he was worried for weeks that that kid was going to have a scar on her face. And um, because she's absolutely stunning and she's still working. She's in a big show out here in Napa Valley with the Dancing with the Stars people. But anyway, that's a little plug for you, Allie Markster. Yes. Yes. Uh, so, uh, you know, we- Kendall is beautiful. Just let's yes, leave Kendall it is beautiful. Leave it on the dance yes. floor. Kendall yes, is beautiful. Kendall is beautiful. And Kendall, if you're listening or you hear this, you are welcome to come on. And I think, you know, there's a number that Abby did for the show called, I think, Not Just Another Pretty Face or something of that uh, magnitude with a scar. Um, I would love for the two of you to talk about that. If by I'd any also, chance you I'd like to also talk to her about her music career. And I think, you know, we were closer at that point than mm -hmm. I was with Maddie. I was closer with Kendall and doing things, extracurricular things outside the show with Kendall. And, uh, I just would like to talk to her about how she felt about that and that experience of singing, of hearing yourself for the first time, you know, in a sound booth. What is that like? I think that would be interesting to our viewers, our listeners. I, I have a question. Since you've brought up this extracurricular stuff, I never knew because I didn't ask. We never got any of those opportunities. Were those things that the show paved the way for you to go and 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 instrument yourself with that or was that something that you did on your own hey i'm out here i'm going to push kendall i always thought in my heart that it was part of production helping you out because i never got any of those opportunities no so i did it's a girl party for mckenzie and then i did that i paid $27,000 for 
the production of the video. The song, I went into a partnership with, which we could have a whole podcast about this music. We definitely will. We definitely will talk about It's a Great Party, that episode. And for the ALDC elites, there is content that nobody has ever seen from that shoot that will be on Patreon and YouTube premium. So sorry for the shameless plug, but I, you know, it happens to be relevant. It's really cute. Okay. So anyway, I did that and I formed a partnership with John Carella and a guy named Andrew Logan, who was the music guy. And he wrote the song. And so we owned it collectively and we had a 380 deal with Ken, with that with Mackenzie. So we we I blocked it out. 360 deal with her. So we kind of like owned her contract, if you will. And then uh Melissa just, oh, I don't think I signed anything. Oh, I don't know. I and signed with someone else when she already had a deal. And I know that uh since then I've gotten my 12 or I've received my 27,000 back. Uh, pretty much immediately because the song went to number one on iTunes and uh, in United States, uh, in England, in Australia. So I got my money back quick on the 27th with all my receipts turned in. And then I've never, ever received another penny. And it's made over dollars. And I have a right to a lot of that money. And I've never seen a penny of it. Uh, Andrew Logan took her to court, the mother to court and sued her for signing with someone else and for all this expense. And I know that he won something, but he's not allowed to talk about it. I found out through from other sources and, uh, I should have been in court sitting next to him. I thought, you know, if I did this for Mackenzie and it worked, I could do it for Kendall too. And I wanted to challenge myself to see if I could do it again, if Mm -hmm. it would work. And it did. She bumped Taylor Swift oh, off of iTunes. Can you believe that? Taylor Swift for like eight months or something was number one. And where I'm out came out and goodbye, Taylor. Yeah. Well, not, not goodbye. She's doing pretty damn well now. But uh, yes, for one moment, we had a moment. And uh, that was it. I was on some morning television show out here to pump the song and get it to number one. And while I was in hair and makeup, they came into me and said, we have to find something else to talk about. And I was like, what do you mean? They go, the song's already number one. And I was like, <laughs> okay. So I was- Can I ask, I would love to ask, I'm sorry to interrupt you, Abby. I would like to ask, had the behind the scenes stuff with all of the other parties involved not happened, would you have pursued a music career with Nia probably soon after Kendall or- with because Nia, you you I think you knew that she was more of a singer than other other girls on the team. Is that something that you would have pursued had the drama and other things not happened? Yes, yes. Uh, but if the drama and stuff didn't happen, we would have been in Pittsburgh and she would have been in her high school, which this is the irony. The school that Holly did not want her children going to because they bust kids in from everywhere and stuff, uh, has a huge musical theater department. They have a $50,000 budget. Woodland Hills High School has a $50,000 budget for their musical every year. Wow. And that's where she didn't want to go. And that's where, as we're at, Gabriel McHale went from the Shishi private school and switched to the public school because of the English that had the musical theater thing that did the musical. 
And he's the one that set up the meeting for her to go to NYU when we were in New York and I had her for an audition for Footloose to go to this talk about Martin Luther King to, and she ended up getting the whole scholarship. That's a whole another story. But yeah, that's the high school that Nia would have gone to in Pittsburgh in that same neighborhood. And she could have been the star. She could have been Dorothy and the Wiz or whatever, you know? And uh, that's where she would have gone. So yes, I think that I definitely would have done something with her, with her music. So I would have loved to have done something. And had we still been in Pittsburgh and Nia been a little kid at my studio, I'm sure she would have been the star of her high school musicals. I'm sure she would have had a budding record deal in Pittsburgh starting organically. And I would have loved to have been involved in that. You know, and Kathy, previous to that, I had to look at every single leotard they were going to wear for a convention to pick out which one I wanted or what bow they were going to wear in their hair or what ponytail holder or scrunchie they were going to wear. Every single thing went by me, not because I demanded to see it, just because they wanted my opinion. I, I spoke and they listened and that's yeah. the way it was. I, and I, can, minute, I can remember running into you at a mall in Canton and you had all of these dresses because you were taking them back to sift through which dress your title winner was going to wear. I was yeah. buying those clothes out of my own pocket. And I'm sure most, like Holly was a great customer. I'm sure she would pay everybody back, no problem. But it was just the, the thought. And I was there and I'd see dresses and I'm like, I'm grabbing all of these out of my own pocket and buying them. There's probably still some, you know, in a garage somewhere. Mm. Yeah. And, and I enjoyed working with Kendall and doing the music. I would have liked to work with Nia. Nia and I were tight at the studio. It was as soon as the mother got involved, and, and like I said, her grandfather used to bring her a lovely man and Nia was all good and everything was good with us. And when the mom got involved, because she was a doctor and she was much better educated than I, that's kind of when things went sour. So Kathy, what I would like to know, just kind of going back to the episode and then we'll kind of wrap it up for our listeners. Thank you for all for tuning, you know, staying on this long. It's hard to not talk about everything. It's hard, you know, and it's hard to fit it into one podcast. And, you know, while you're here, Kathy, we would love to just get as much as we can. It's getting late. So we're definitely going to wrap it up very soon. Uh, the boys that you had on the team, uh, do you keep in touch with any of them? I want to, I, I know Abby's all because she had so many boys uh, and we'll shout them out. So this many time. boys and I have boys working professionally and I never, they never got to be on camera and I hate it. I hate it. Well, uh, um, yeah, I'm actually... You know, I pitched that boys team thing. You know that that well, was I me. Know. I know. I know. Um, so um, I'm Facebook friends with every single one of their parents. And um, I know that uh, Gino was just what you know. He was just in Music Man. Um, I didn't get to see it. I would have liked to have. But um, Donna with Nick. Nick, the one that was very flexible, he wasn't on this episode. He came in later, but he's dancing in the Netherlands. And um, Donna no longer owns her dance studio, but we are still Facebook friends. And after the show, I went to New Jersey a couple of times and we went and saw Sleeping Beauty at the Met one time when we were in New York together. And um, so, yeah, I am still, I mean, I'm still Facebook friends with them. And um, I haven't talked to Lennon's mom, Gina, for a very long time, but she still is on my Facebook. So if I wanted to reach out to them, I could, because they're all still Facebook friends. 
Um, but I haven't talked to him, you know, people's lives are so busy and I haven't talked to them. I, I know that, uh, what was the kid's name with the dimples that was so cute that was on this episode? Oh Aaron. no. Well, in this episode, it was Gino, Zach, Brandon, and Jalen. Brandon. Brandon is dancing professionally also, which I see that every once in a while on Facebook. And, and he and I had talked a couple times of me trying to get him to the studio, but he's busy. So, um, yeah, so very friendly with still everybody. Well, that's great to hear. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. I wish I could get into my Facebook. <laughs> it's set up on your phone. <laughs> it's, no, it's I, uh, someone else used to run my Facebook and they're still the admin and we can't get rid of them. Oh. Yes. Um, yeah. But, and the reason I say that she's set up with the phone is that because some people were questioning, thinking that I'm just a fan that don't know that Abby and I have had a relationship for nearly seven years now. Uh, I, I have worked that word relationship. Well, uh, well, you're too old. No. For <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, but yeah, so I work extensively on her social media team now and create content with her. So I just wanted to kind of put that out for there for the record. Michael and I have a business working relationship and a friend relationship as far yes. as dipping romantically. He's too old for me. Just putting that out. <laughs> <laughs> no, don't say that. People are going to take that and, and run with it and then try to, you know, say more bad things about you. Try to hook me uh, up with somebody? That's fine. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll find, we'll, we'll find, uh, maybe, yeah, ALDC elites, if you know anybody, write in. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. Uh, anyway, so this has been great. This has been, you know, Kathy, I think that you are, you should come back to leave it on the dance floor as often as you would like. There's a lot of episodes. Can, when we have some other people on, she can pop in and put her two cents in, come up with some witty Oh lines. my goodness, maybe surprise. Maybe yeah, surprise. There could be like an apple and like, you know how a worm slithers out of the apple? We could have Kathy like slither out. She I mean, there. You say you're worm? Come on, I'm going to say, say something ironic and throw it out there and it would be hilarious. Yeah, I just think that the two of you have a lot of, you know, bad stuff on TV, we'll say, but it's nice to have you guys just reflect and talk about what dance teachers talk about. And I'm curious, would the two of you be interested in working on television together again together? Is that something that you two would be interested in? Because I'm sure a lot of people are wondering that. You say first. You say first. Yes, absolutely. Me too. As Good long as, as long as our friendship would not be compromised. Yes. We'd have to either kind of be on the same team or in a type, in some situation where we weren't going head to head, I think would be best. Ooh, what, a, what a dream team we would be with my ballet. <laughs> so would the two of you be interested in a dance mom's educators edition reunion where the teachers or the ones who created the numbers that helped reach all these children across the world is that something you guys would be interested in maybe like a teacher's reunion or something yes like Kathy and I and then like maybe John Culbertson oh my goodness Kathy we could keep talking about a lot of stuff especially all the episodes that you were on not as many as me but you know, whatever. So, uh, Kathy, we didn't even talk about anybody. I mean, we have a lot of friends in the dance world. They better watch yeah. out. 
yeah. they better watch. You have yeah. a lot of history. They better watch, leave it on the dance floor. That's all yeah. I'm saying. Better watch because you might hear your name. DNA. Right. Thank you all for listening. And if you like what you're hearing, then go to Patreon and subscribe, sign up, do whatever you need to do, or your YouTube, the premium channel. All right. So please, please, please come back. Join us again for the next episode of Leave It on the Dance Floor. And Kathy, the next time we meet, let's do it in person. Let's get your butt out of Ohio and uh, let's get you into a podcast studio, okay? I, I am up for the invite. I'll do anything to get away from the cows. All right. Thank you so much, Kathy. And Vivi, like tell Vivi, maybe she can come and do an episode. Oh, yeah. Wouldn't that. that be fun? Yeah, that would be perfect. I'd like, to hear, I'd like to hear the grown-up Vivi talk about the little Vivi and the, and and the then, sugar and the sugarfoots. Yes. <laughs> All right. Thanks again, everybody. We'll see you next time on Leave It on the Dance Floor. Get, get my world.